And so we went to a region that was 90% Muslim. No preachers had actually ever um, done a crusade in that region. Um, they had also stoned and attacked Christians. And we said, we will go because we knew that God wanted us to be there. This region was known heavily for having extreme witchcraft. We went in with lots of prayer. And that's what we must marry our evangelism with, intercession and prayer. The Profile with Premier Christianity magazine. Hello and welcome to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio with me, Megan Cornwell. The Profile is the show where we sit down with a well-known Christian to hear more about their life, faith and ministry. It's brought to you in an association with the UK's leading Christian publication, Premier Christianity magazine. The monthly title features more interviews just like this, as well as all the latest news, reviews and columnists. Plus, there's great new content uploaded daily to our website. To get access wherever you are in the world, head over to premierchristianity.com forward slash subscribe. Today on the show, I'm speaking with Nia Cerise. Nia Cerise is an evangelist, missionary and Christian dream interpreter. She's passionate about sharing the gospel with those who don't know Jesus, particularly in the overseas mission field, where she's seen thousands come to Christ. Here in the UK, she uses her social media platforms to share advice about all things related to her faith and has developed a substantial following. Today, we're going to be talking about her own journey to faith, as well as her upcoming mission trip to Pakistan. Nia Cerise, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm excited. It's great to have you. So on the profile, we like to begin by asking our guests about their life before Christ. So why don't you tell me a bit about where you're from and who you were before you came to know Jesus? Um, I love sharing this story because um, it really is a wonderful transformation that God has done in my life. You know, for me personally, I was completely lost and broken. Um, growing up, I was always on the hunt for the voice of God. I wanted to know who God was. There was that hunger. I had a Bible in my room. You know, my grandma did pray over me from time to time, but I never really was discipled in my faith. I remember going to the priest because I was at a um, a church um, when I was younger uh, and asked. I asked the priest, you know, could you tell me about the Bible? Could you tell me, you know, what this means? And I remember specifically the priest telling me that the Bible was not real. It was just made up. There were some things that were just made up. And for me, I remember in that moment, it almost clicked. I, I said, well, if he doesn't believe it's real, why should I? And so this began my hunt and desire to kind of look into whatever I could find that was oftentimes supernatural. So I was very drawn, very drawn to idol worship, I was very drawn to ancient, you know, witchcraft practices and more modern day ones as well. I got involved in um, crystals. I enjoyed readings, um, looking into spirituality as well as inviting um, demons to come and live inside of my body. Um, so I would look up specific prayers that were actually talking about uh, demonic entities and I would uh, pray them and chant them and invite them to come and live inside of me and these things actually governed me I could feel them in my body so why I really warn people um against you know um horoscopes and you know small things such as going um maybe to uh, I don't know some sort of uh magazine or something where you can look up advice from the stars or whatever I discouraged these heavily because I was addicted to these things, you know, looking for, as I said, the prophetic, looking for uh, the voice of God. And so as time went on, I actually became very much um, addicted to alcohol because of these demons, which I would hear telling me to actually physically hurt people. Uh, when I uh, drank, they would uh, push me to uh, assault people and um, get extremely angry. Um, and I just loved the party lifestyle, Monday to Saturday, as much as I could um, as I grew up. 
um, I got more and more heavily involved, you know, smoking weed, all of those things that are great temptations for um, young people. I was caught up in that. And it was really toxic because I always say that I was constantly sacrificing myself on the altar of other people's opinions, trying to fit in, trying to get into the crowd, trying to get the approval of guys. And so I was in a vicious cycle. Um, It wasn't until the age of, I'd say, 16 um, that I had a horrible encounter with um, an ex-partner who um, actually uh, physically assaulted me, um, that I began to say there's something needs to change. Uh, Now, it took a very long time for that click to happen. But what I want to share with you today, Megan, is the fact that during that time, nobody preached the gospel to me. Nobody spoke to me and told me the gospel in its fullness. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. When I came to Christ, it was a mysterious and miraculous encounter. I was in a kitchen and the presence of God came into the room. And let me tell you something. I didn't even say the sinner's prayer. The Holy Spirit entered into my room. And in that moment when I was in that kitchen, I realized that I was at enmity with a holy God and I needed to repent. And so the word repentance actually means to turn. And so that's why I said I didn't say a sinner's prayer. What I did was I got into a position of surrender and I literally began to seek God and I began to cry out to God and I began to spend time with God. And people would say, where is this party girl? Where is this individual who used to drop it like it's hot in the club and do all of these crazy things? Where is she? They couldn't find me. And that was because Jesus had absolutely consumed my heart. And all I wanted was to enjoy the freedom of eternal life and forgiveness that he had given to me. And um, it was wonderful. I know we're going to talk about this a bit more, but God began to accelerate me and put me uh, on this, uh, I would say, trajectory whereby he now was like, you were being used by the enemy. Now I'm going to use you 10 times more for my kingdom. And seen that transpire um, through my life. You were kind of searching and looking for some truth in your life and trying to find the meaning of life, I guess, and looking for it in all these different places, not finding it, you know, actually experiencing some demonic presence and all sorts of nasty things. And then you talk about this moment where the Holy Spirit met you. Can you just talk me through that a little bit? Because I, ha- I don't think I've really ever heard a story where somebody just had the presence of God there with them in a moment where they weren't doing anything or seeking God. In fact, they were so far from God. That's quite different from a lot of the stories I've heard. So just talk me through what happened in that moment where Jesus broke into your life in, in the midst of that kind of brokenness and mess. Yeah, so I was actually in the kitchen and I was uh, with some friends. It was crazy. We were just actually having a conversation about God in general. And literally from nowhere, the presence of God filled the whole place to the point that I started asking, sorry, can you can you feel that? Can, can you feel this? And, um, you know, my friends were saying, wow, yeah, I do actually there's some like there's just this peace, this presence, there's, you know, for me. I felt as though there was a burning conviction that literally began to swell my heart, a conviction that I was a sinner, a conviction that I, you know, was not going to heaven, a conviction that I was living a lie. This conviction of the Holy Spirit was so strong um, that I actually felt like I was going to weep. And I remember the words that came out of my mouth. I said, I'm never going to be the same again. And my friends laughed at me because they didn't believe me. (laughs) They didn't believe me. Um, And so I can only attribute this to, honestly, um, the grace of God, really. Uh, God arresting me in my tracks, almost like a Paul on the road to Damascus type of moment where God literally arrested Paul and began a process you see he didn't you know suddenly say a sinner's prayer he heard the voice of God so clearly speaking to him and um 
God started him on a process, a radical process to use him for his kingdom. And I can relate so strongly um, to uh, that uh, account in the word of God, because I personally felt like that's what that's what happened to me, you know. Mm -hmm. And as I delve deeper in the word, I've got a deeper understanding of the gospel. And then I obviously connected to the church and I began to grow. Um, Yeah. Nia Cerise, how did you know that it was the Holy Spirit? Because I guess we're talking now in retrospect, you know, you the things that you've learned about faith and about God and who God is. But at the time, I guess you had a little understanding of Christianity because, you, you know, you said that family members were Christian and you had your Bible in your room. But how did you know that that, that it was the Holy Spirit? What, what was going through your mind and, and how did you discern what it was that, that that God was saying to you? Yeah, I think it's really important that people understand, even people who share the gospel and witness, that it's the Holy Spirit who reveals who Jesus Christ is. So I think a lot of people often attribute their human strength when in reality it is the Holy Spirit using vessels to preach his gospel and reveal Jesus and so um, the Holy Spirit um, when he came and he met me and revealed Jesus to me I'd been exposed to darkness Megan you know I knew what that felt like I knew what um, you know uh, dark presences and all these different types of nonsense um, felt like and it was tormenting it was controlling right but in that moment the Holy Spirit was able to just reveal to me who Jesus truly was and this is a very this there's some encounters with God that you can't fully explain to a T right but what I do know is that the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus Christ if it's not revealing Jesus Christ it cannot be the Holy Spirit right if it's not showing people who is the way the truth and the life then it's definitely not the Holy Spirit so at the time of course it felt like an incredible presence as I went on I realized this was indeed the Holy Spirit moving upon my life and as I connected to the church and I learned more about Jesus and I learned um and I began to understand wow Jesus you indeed came and revealed yourself to me and it's so it's so precious you know but for me I actually am upset (laughs) it sounds a bit funny but I'm actually upset that it took that to occur for me to actually be drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because I believe that we have a great commission as believers and not many of us are opening our mouths to share God. Not many of us are actually going out and telling people and being used as instruments. And I believe this is actually the prime way that God wants to reveal himself to people using his witnesses, as in you, myself, uh, believers, to help to lead people to Christ. Um, And so my church were, um, you know, um, a wonderful, um, spirit-filled, spirit-filled church. Um, A lot of people at my university attended. So, you know, just through word of mouth, I learned about um, this church and I was really blessed. I just began to grow and I will never forget those beautiful beginnings of my walk with Christ. And what about your family at this time? You you mentioned your grandmother, you know, taking you and introducing you to faith at a young age. Where where was she at this time? Where were your family? Were they inputting into your life? Because you said no one shared the gospel with you. Were they taking a back seat, would you say? Oh, 100%. They didn't even understand what was going on. They thought that I had gone crazy, actually. My grandma um, actually um, was not really happy, actually, because, um, yes, I started uh, to attend um a spirit-filled uh, Pentecostal church um so for her uh, she was a bit upset and like a bit weary about it now absolutely fine um <laughs> were, they, but, were they from a different denomination then yeah so my whole family is Catholic yeah we come from a Catholic tradition um so um for my family it was very difficult to understand and as time has gone on they have understood and they've come to, you know, learn, okay, this is my faith and and they do support me. And on top of that, um, they've actually grown to have genuine deep relationships with God as well, which is actually, you know, wonderful, but there was no gospel preach, you know, it may have been 
let me just say a prayer for you for your exam. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I received my prayer from um, my mum. I also received my prayer from my Hindu um idol that I was looking up online I also received my prayer from whatever whatever it took I'd say well I'm receiving my prayers so um so this is why I say that there was no gospel preached Jesus is the only way the way the truth and the life because I was following many many dark things yeah what did they think about the changes that they saw in you? So presumably once you started going to church and understanding a bit more about who Jesus was, as we know, the Holy Spirit then starts to work in our hearts. And, you know, I I experienced that when I kind of gave my life to Jesus and there were big changes in my life. What, tell me a bit about how you started to change as a person and what your family's response to that was. Yeah. So um, when I came to Christ and I was, uh, seeking his presence because that's one of the biggest things I think oftentimes people come to Christ and they're just like I need to cut off this I need to cut off that I need to cut off that but there's no seeking of his presence seeking of who he is learning and receiving who he is um, through the word of God and um, through his truth and um, for me I was just in the word and I was just enjoying you know being of God and my family were freaked out I mean if you like think about it imagine you have a child who is living in one way moving in one way and suddenly now they're just at home reading the bible they just are worshiping god in their room they're crying out to jesus it 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 was actually a bit scary i would actually say it was quite scary for them they were um you know as much as i would love to say oh they were saying hallelujah you know keep but no it was really difficult it was very difficult Mm. um and um they had to really come to terms with it and now uh my mom she's a blessing she'll be praying for me when I go out to you know preach in churches or go on missions and she understands you know this is the life I've chosen and she supports me but definitely it was a bit of putting but they were happy because they saw some changes in my life that then they were taken aback actually and um do you want to share they, some of what those changes were? Yeah, so for me, um, I definitely was now a lot less rude. <laughs> really, really bad attitude issues that the Lord really uh, healed me from and, and helped me with. Um, on top of that, um, my heart now was to serve much more um, as opposed to just kind of take, as opposed to, you know, just kind of use my family as you know, just uh, people that I live with that I can, you know, take advantage of. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus loves to, loves family. And what he loves to do is not only come into your life, but he likes to transform it. Um, And so I found that I was just showing fruits of the spirit way more. And so my reactions to certain situations that usually I would have been you know, very maybe anxious or fearful about, they could see there was now a confidence and a boldness. Because I remember when I now said to my parents, God has told me to change my degree. And they were like, this girl is crazy. (laughs) What is going on? You know, he made me take many radical steps. But as time went on, they saw my confidence. They saw my boldness. They saw... Uh, the firm foundation that I was standing on and they've actually learned I believe to trust in God even more through my life and my obedience which Mm -hmm. was something that really shone through as well yeah what was the story about you're changing your degree this one this actually this story went viral on YouTube actually um I was doing a university degree um that I'd started when I didn't know God doing what I felt like I needed to do to perform because as I said I was a performer I uh, cared about what everyone else thought about me so I did a degree that I never wanted to start and I was failing. What was the degree? Um, The degree was a multilingual degree um, in Spanish, in French and German yes and um I was it was it wasn't even a thing where um it was I can truly say it didn't feel like it didn't feel normal because I've I've actually had a track record of success in my education I've always been somebody who um was blessed um educationally I was always able to thrive 
So when I began to see this, it was almost as though, Megan, no matter what I did, I could not, I couldn't break through. Sorry, break through. I couldn't actually uh, see any changes in my results, no matter how much I revised, no matter how much work I put in. And so when I uh, came to Christ, I began really praying into this degree. I was praying and praying and praying. And I just felt like the Lord was really quiet on this matter and loud about everything else and then one day the Lord spoke to me and um he told me I'm actually very much interested in the arts right and God told me I've actually called you to the arts but you've been running away from it because you've been trying to impress people because you don't want to seem um unintelligent right so he began to tell me this is the degree that I want you on. This is the degree that I want you to do. And um, when I told my family, they were so upset. They were so upset because I decided that I was going to do a, a theatre and performance degree at Warwick University. So they were like, this is awful. But when you know that something is part of your calling, you know, this is part of my calling. You know, it wasn't just, oh, I'm just going to, you know, let's have some fun. God had spoken. So I knew this isn't something he really wanted for my life. And actually, uh, in that degree, I ended up, by the grace of God, going from a third class to a first class, winning the research prize for my, yeah, for my uh, final, um, my final uh, piece of work. And also opened the door for me to then go and do my master's at Cambridge University in uh, education, arts and creativity. And so God literally used that degree to open the door for what um, for the more that he had for me to do. And um, it was such a blessing because I went on to Cambridge and then I ended up literally getting the highest grade. Um, on my course in that in that degree and God was like yes I'm taking you from glory to glory Nia Cerise and this is what happens when you trust in me so it has been um, really interesting kind of seeing how you have to trust the voice of God above everything you're listening to The Profile Holier Than Thou Radical. Delusional. Ignorant. Perfect. It's time to challenge stereotypes about Christians, and Premier Christianity is leading the way. Transform your perceptions, broaden your horizons, open your mind to wide-ranging views. Read interviews with politicians, theologians, and TV presenters. Discover the breadth of the Christian spectrum. Be provoked, react, inspired, and informed. Get the print magazine and full online access for just £4.95 a month. Subscribe today at premierchristianity.com. Premier Christianity magazine. The bigger picture. The Profile with Premier Christianity magazine. If you've just joined us, you're listening to The Profile on Premier Christian Radio with me, Megan Cornwell. I've been speaking with Nia Cerise Conte about an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed the trajectory of her life. In part two, she describes the huge impact of her evangelism outreach on social media and the thousands she's seen come to Christ in Pakistan and beyond. Have a listen. Can you talk about the changes that you, that you saw in yourself, Nia Cerise and your family saw in you? Did they happen overnight or were they, was this a journey that's taken years? Honestly, it was, I looked to Jesus and I never looked back. And I often feel as though people want to hear um, or feel happy when they hear that somebody backslid or they like really struggled. And and, and there, I guess there's a um, place for people to understand there's redemption, there is forgiveness, but actually, um, as a Christian, um, I genuinely believe that God wants us to continue pursuing him, you know, and that's how it has been. Um, sorry to disappoint, <laughs> but genuinely God broke those things off. When you know that darkness, 
that wanted to take your life, that darkness that wanted to destroy you. And when you understand how the evil one intentionally planned to try and uh, destroy the soul, the souls of humanity, then you realize it's not a game, right? And you realize that the safety, the protection, the love and um, just the, the joy that you have in Christ outweighs all of those other things you know for me there was never any temptation to go back because I had really found what I was looking for and that was love that was the true love of my king and so I didn't have to go back to those things anymore because I learned that God can actually speak to me through his word I learned I can have access to the voice of God. I can have access to knowing who I am, fit, being filled with the love I was looking for in, the, in those guys. Yeah, cutting those people off and actually realizing that I don't need to find my validation in a relationship. I don't need to find my validation in a man. I don't need to find my validation in popularity. And it's funny because God has literally brought so many people um, my way um, through social media platforms. But actually, um, I'm not looking for fame. I'm not looking for following. I'm looking for people to hear and understand who Jesus is, because that's what I was hungry for. And so I didn't. I didn't look back. Obviously, there's been trials. There have been trials. My goodness. Yes, there have been trials. There have been obstacles. And there have been times where I've been greatly discouraged. Um, And that may be, you know, through um, just maybe discouragement from other people or, um, you know, I was actually I actually um, had to leave um, a a church that I um, began to attend um, when I first came to Christ because of the discouragement I was experiencing there. But um, God has been so faithful. God has been so good and so faithful. And and for anybody listening to this message, even right now, I just want them to know that you can walk strong. Like the grace of God is not there to just continually cover sins. It's actually there to empower you to overcome sin, to live a life of freedom, you know, to walk in his righteousness, peace and his joy. And that's available for you today and forevermore. Amen. I mean, the way you talk, Nisha, you, you can see why you you sort of interested in the in the the evangelistic ministry. You know, I feel like I feel like you're preaching to me now. You know, I'm like, yeah, amen, absolutely. <laughs> Tell me a bit about like how you first knew you were being called to be an evangelist and what that looked like. Yeah, so um, it's so interesting. I never thought that I was actually called to be an evangelist. Even now, I'm still like, am I an evangelist? (laughs) You know, I just often I'm just like, listen, I'm just a child of God. And when I found Jesus, I wanted to tell everyone about him. And the Holy Spirit encouraged me to start a YouTube so that I could start sharing on Jesus Christ. And I did. It's all been one step of obedience at a time. That's what it's been. So I jumped on YouTube. I was like, goodness me. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to start sharing about Jesus and uh, teachings that he's sharing with me in the secret place. And and by the secret place, I'm talking about in my own quiet time with um, with God. And, um, And I started doing that. And literally, God just began to bring so many people he just began bringing them and for me as well I took the YouTube seriously I actually take it seriously and you may think it sounds silly but God actually says pray about all things right so I actually before I started YouTube I did pray I prayed into it and I said God if you're calling me to do this please use my voice to touch many people so that they can know you and I really believe God honored that And many people began to connect to the YouTube channel. And then after that, people began inviting me to come and minister around the UK, eventually internationally. And then God opened the door for me to be trained up for the mission field by Christ for All Nations, which is in America, the ministry of the late evangelist Reinhard Bonke. Um, Yeah, who's the Billy Graham of Africa. So tell me a bit about this work you've been doing overseas then. Okay, so um, this work overseas was, um, again, like such an incredible testimony of the goodness of God. I want to say that first and foremost, before I 
you know, or went to be trained up and learn how, how to, you know, preach and all of these types of things. I was already doing this stuff. Like my first pulpit, as you said, I got two pulpits. One was my bedroom and the other was the street corner because I was literally always sharing God at university. I was going out, sharing the gospel, sharing on Jesus, telling people about God, praying for my lecturers, praying for students, you know. And um, and so God already had this burning desire for evangelism. I don't wait for that school to happen before I began to open my mouth, right? And so um, as God began to grow me um, and teach me, I just felt, God, there is more, and I really want to reach more people. I'd been praying uh, for a long time for God to use me to uh, reach people, even abroad. I had a heart for missions, and I found out about the Christ for All Nations evangelism um, boot camp, right? And I remember I spoke to a mentor, and they said, this is you, this is all you, and I agree with you. I think that you should apply. I applied and I remember um, I then had a dream. So the ministry is actually now run by the successor, Evangelist Daniel Kalenda. The ministry has seen over 80 million souls come to Christ Jesus, documented decisions. And I remember seeing um, the leader of the ministry, Evangelist Daniel Kalenda, giving me a big hug on a crusade stage, right? And when we opened our embrace, we saw tens of thousands of people like a sea um just wanting to receive Christ and I just thought God yeah (laughs) this is another confirmation whether I had the dream or didn't I was still going to apply and I was like I want to get in and I did and um they trained us up they uh, sent us out onto the mission field we went to Tanzania preaching the gospel in the sweltering heat literally going out every single day sometimes we didn't eat Megan we were um, literally preaching set up our speakers and so many people were coming to Christ and we actually um, in order to go to this school they say to you in your interview are you willing to die for Jesus and it's not a joke it's not something no no they are actually they're asking a genuine question because if you are not willing to die for Jesus unfortunately you won't be able to serve alongside them right and so we went to a region that was 90% Muslim no preachers had actually ever um, done a crusade in that region Um, they had also stoned and attacked Christians and we said we will go because we knew that God wanted us to be there this region was known heavily for having extreme witchcraft we went in with lots of prayer and that's what we must marry our evangelism with intercession and prayer and as we uh went into this place that had never actually seen christians come and do a crusade here we saw over 900 muslims come to christ jesus a witch who had come to curse us at the crusade, come up, confess Jesus as Lord and burn her witchcraft before our very eyes. And we actually met many of the church members who had been too shy to come and evangelize. And they were crying and weeping. And when we asked them, what is going on? They said to us, we dreamt of you coming. We dreamt that God was going to send ministers here to speak, to release something. And I was so touched by this because I just thought to myself, wow, God, look at what you have done in a place that is overlooked, in the places that people don't want to go. Your hand is on these places and you love these people so much. Thank you for sending us here. And did you find a sort of just a supernatural courage to to do those kinds of things getting on those you know not only just getting on stages and talking to thousands of people but um going to places where your safety might be called into question or like you said you might be something terrible might happen to you did you when you were asked that question in the interview did you have to really think about it or did you really feel like yeah you know what I am ready to die for Jesus yeah I think for me the Lord's always prepared that in my heart 
Um, and I don't mean I'm just going to intentionally run and die for Jesus. That's not what I mean. You know, what I'm trying to explain here is that, you know, to live in Christ is, you know, such a blessing. And if he sends me out to somewhere where my life is at risk, I'm willing to say, yes, God, I will go because he's paid that price for me. My life is no longer my own. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And yes, of course, you would feel fear. Paul prayed, he asked for people to pray that he would have boldness for the, um, for the assignments that he was sent on. And so for me, uh, I don't think boldness is um, uh, vacant of fear. I think boldness is when you are faced, <laughs> faced literally right before your very eyes with fear growling in you and at you, And you decide, I'm still going to step out. I'm still going to move, right? Because, you know, Paul said, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And so I'm compelled to share that lifeline that I've received with other people, right? And um, this is where community comes in as well. And prayer and relying on the Holy Spirit. You cannot muster up boldness. You cannot muster up um, the strength to do this. This is where we must learn who the Holy Spirit is. And he strengthens us and guides us and leads us to make these exceptionally bold steps. I can't take any credit for. I can't. It's, it, it is all, all him. I mean, when I went to America, I preached on the plane. Um, you know, this was a radical bold step that the Holy Spirit was telling me to do. Um, the video went viral, literally on TikTok, and encouraged so many Christians to open their mouths and to proclaim. You know, there are many times we were in Dubai when we were in transition to get into, into America. The mere fact that we actually went to America in a pandemic was a bold step empowered by the Holy Spirit. We preached uh, to people one-to-one, intimate evangelism in a country where it is illegal to actually have people convert to Christ. But God was compelling us to share the gospel because these people need to hear who he is. That boldness can only come from Christ. So you talk about the being on the plane. Was that a sort of one-to-one encounter with somebody or were you literally standing up and speaking to everybody on the plane? And I, I spoke to the whole uh, the whole plane uh, before I stood up to to speak to the whole plane um I was praying to God he was saying yeah you need to do this I said no I can't do this he said yes you need to do this <laughs> and he said I will strengthen you so I began to pray and then when the um the aircraft was still you know you're getting ready to leave the the um airplane you know, I just, I just spoke to the, to the, um, the whole, all of the cabin and they all listened. In fact, what was crazy was that they clapped at the end. I couldn't even believe that, but I literally shared the gospel with them. shared the love of Christ Jesus. And I told, I said, excuse me, everyone, I've got breaking news for you today. And I just started to tell them, you know, that Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. He resurrected from the grave so that he could, save you was she clean and he's offering you eternal life today and I I even included the the plane into it too I said you know what you don't land by chance you've landed today because God's held this plane and people were just listening they were really really listening um so it was a blessing to be able to share the gospel in terms of your your upcoming trip to Pakistan we've talked a bit about preaching in places that are you know predominantly Muslim where you might get a quite a bit of kickback have you experienced sort of spiritual attack since you've moved into this more public space of evangelism I would say on um, different occasions but I've not allowed it to hold me back so a lot of people are afraid of going deeper in Christ because of the spiritual attack my fear is um, not going deeper in Christ and losing out on the glory um, that he could, that he wants to, sorry, reveal to the earth about who he is. And I remember when I came into Christ, um, as I said, I'd been involved in witchcraft and they didn't want to let me go. I actually had a lot of demonic oppression um, and I had to go into a time of extended prayer and fasting 
um, because I was constantly being suffocated every time I went to sleep, you know, um, and that was really hard. The more I prayed and interceded, um, these things just lifted off because there's nothing that's more powerful than um, the name of Jesus Christ. And there has been, I would say, spiritual attacks in other ways. So maybe you've never um, been pressed down um, whilst you're, you know, asleep or seen demonic entities trying to kill you and choke you. But you've maybe been pressed down in your calling. And I've experienced that as well by people who didn't understand why God was using me and discouraged me, put me down, um, tried to actually tell me um, that I would, if I left their church, I would never make it in the ministry and that um, my destiny would essentially be uh, nullified. Uh, So you're always going to have naysayers. You're always going to have discouragement. And for me, I mean, when there is opposition, it's a sign that you're actually being used by God. You know, uh, Jesus warns us, whoa, like to, to, to genuinely be cautious if all men speak well of you. Um, and not there are not there's not always going to be, um, you know, people applauding you or encouraging you in this. Um, Pakistan is, you know, a daint a, um, a can be dangerous, uh, especially because of um, the Taliban. In fact, we are going for four days and usually people do crusades there for one day because of the risk of the Taliban. But the Lord has instructed us on it. Um, and so for. For me, um, there has definitely been um, demonic um, or spiritual attacks, but this is where you have to have a strong prayer life. I have intercessors, I have community, I have a strong prayer life um, because you can't be doing this if you are just going to have no prayer. You you can't actually evangelize without prayer and that's where people miss it. Like it's like prayer is the ignition, like it, it, you know, and the evangelism is like the driving, you know, it's like, it's the gas, the prayer that keeps the vehicle going. You cannot, you will, you will not see fruit because there are powers and principalities over specific lands that don't want the gospel that, that are strategic, that strategically there to resist the gospel. Um, Pakistan in particular, speaking with certain people who are in the in have been to those regions have explained the idol worship there is so heavy there is such a heaviness of idolatry and spiritual activity you know even whilst being in um Tanzania you know um I was there my team left I stayed behind by myself for seven months I was there by myself preaching the gospel and I was constantly being told there's witchcraft in this region that person is a witch that person's this but because of a strong prayer life I'm not running away when I hear of a witch I'm saying that witch can come to Jesus I'm seeing the what what Jesus saw in me when I was a mess right I'm saying well he can now see it in that witch and bring her to Christ and use her for your glory so yeah um, I've learned not to be afraid of spiritual attacks they they will come but they're, they're nothing compared to the glory of Jesus Christ. Just to go back now to talk a bit more about your social media presence um, you know you've sort of got this two-pronged evangelistic ministry it seems the overseas work you're doing and then the stuff that you're doing here in the UK on your social media channels and you've got a really big following. I mean, I just had a look quickly on your Instagram and you've got like 35,000 people following you just on Instagram alone. Tell me a bit about what your vision is for that, for those platforms and what it is you're trying to achieve in that space. I would say that the, um, still it's the same mission and the same mission for Jesus, but um, I would say in different ways. Um, So with social media, especially I know you need to know as, as, as someone who wants to witness, you need to also, who are you witnessing to, right? Um, you know, becoming all things to all men without compromising yourself, of course. So um, with social media, I understand that the majority of people on there are Gen Z and millennials, right? And so I have to now ask God to empower me to make content that is edifying for the body of Christ, um, able to reach the lost, and um, can also be uh, relatable in certain ways. So you may find that on my uh, social media, um, it's a lot maybe maybe more humorous in some ways, um, but it's all the same mission. 
And so there may be, uh, you know, times where I come and I'll give a very um, stern message. Um, <laughs> other times where I share um, encouragement or the word um, in more lighthearted ways. Uh, but my main aim actually um, has been to uh, use these platforms as a way to one, edify the body of Christ and two, reach the lost. And so um, I actually would do online like crusades. So um, I would literally uh, jump onto Instagram live and I would uh, pray and I would preach. And then I would give an altar call and invite people to um, come to salvation. Just, I think two weeks ago, I did a TikTok, uh, a TikTok live uh, where I jumped on. We began to uh, share the word of God and then we gave an altar call on TikTok um, because so many people are hungry to learn about Jesus and they're using gadgets. I wonder what the apostles would have used, you know, if with all this social media that we have at our fingertips, there are so many that we can reach. So I've used it for multiple purposes. I've used it for reaching the lost. I've used it for edification. I've used it for uh, helping to coach women as well. Uh, we might go into that <laughs> um, soon, but even for as well, you know, surrendering their love lives to Jesus as well, um, trusting him, dating stuff. Um, so um, my social media um, presence is a real mixture. It's very, it's not just about, yeah, I'm just going to come on and talk about missions 24-7. Yeah, people see my personality as well. And tell me a bit a bit about the 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 loss that you're seeking then on, on digital platforms. What kind of response have you had from people interacting with your content who aren't Christians? Oh, my goodness. This is amazing. Sorry, I love this question so much because, okay, so um, um, social media, including Instagram and YouTube and um, TikTok, I have seen people come forward and literally testify. They literally said, because of your video, like I did not get an abortion and I've come to Christ. Because of your video, I did not commit suicide. It kept me going in like the hardest period of my life. And I rededicated my life to Jesus. There was one period after I released the uh, testimony video that I preached and I gave preached the gospel at the end and released an altar call. I, I every, every single, single day, day for about three months, I was receiving emails from people saying, I've come to Christ. I've come to Christ. I've come to Christ every single day. That video got over, I think, 600,000 um, views and God used it to bring so many people into his kingdom um, with TikTok, you do find that you may get some some people who don't like hearing <laughs> what you're saying. You know, this isn't real, whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but the reason why I jumped onto TikTok was because God actually told me there are a lot more atheists on there. Um, and I would say that my Instagram um, is more so a online presence that reaches more Christians as opposed to non-Christians. And so my heart's always to reach non-Christians as well. Um, so I'm always looking at different avenues on how I can how I can do that. But it's made a way for me to be in my bedroom and to be connecting with people in different continents. Mm. So um, recently um, I did a challenge and I said every single day I'm going to make a TikTok video for 28 days. And um, I made a TikTok video every single day. And literally um, the platform grew to now, I think, 14,000 in like 20 in 28 days. And um, literally I was getting messages from people of TikTok um, and they were saying to me, um, oh, uh, thank you so much for your message. Like, this has really helped me in my walk with God. Like, I want to repent. I want, I don't want to backslide anymore. So social media works. Nisris, what about the, some of the sacrifices that you've made in order to lead this kind of a life? Can you, can you tell me a bit about that side of things? Yeah, I would definitely say that, um, you know, a walk with Jesus is beautiful, it's enjoyable, but sacrifice is the word that people don't want to talk about anymore, you know, and I, I say this sometimes when I'm preaching, I'm like, I'm like, you know, you guys see me up here, but you don't see me behind the scenes interceding, praying, um, and, you know, worshipping God. I mean, for me, there's been a 
the sacrifice of having a consecrated life, right? 20, I am 26 years old. Um, I'm not married yet. Not saying that God doesn't like marriage. He loves it. <laughs> but um, that means sexual purity. Um, and I have not engaged in uh, sex. Um, that's something, that's a sacrifice. Sacrificing your body, sacrificing your desires, sacrificing your wants. Um, the consecration of actually, um, as I said, having a prayer life, putting Jesus first, being deep in his in his presence fasting you know i live a far i do live a fasted life um and that's something that i've always done since getting saved um because you know it, it's uncomfortable right but it it works at the end of the day you know it absolutely removes the junk and the skunk that is trying to you know um, stop you from being able to hear God's voice of clarity, walk in strength and obedience. These things are sacrifices that I've had to make on top of that. Um, you know, certain worldly things that I no longer um, engage in. I don't, I don't do, I don't do, I'm not going to be, you know, smoking anymore. Uh, I'm not going to be, you know, out um, going like crazy wild, um, getting drunk and no, no, like th- those things have to go. And I, like, this is a thing, like, holiness is God's interested in that right as much as we can say you know God wants to give you a hope and a future yeah he does want to do that right but also there's sacrifices that will have to be in this walk as well um and it's not for um you to be sad it's not even for you to be miserable it's because God actually wants to protect you with these things this is another form of his love right I don't fast because, oh, this is miserable and this is what I have to do. I'm fasting because I want to be intimate with God in greater ways. I want to hear his voice and I know he wants to speak to me. I don't, you know, just not have sex because, yeah, fine, God's withholding something from me. No, it's because God wants to protect me, keep guard my heart and keep putting me in a healthy, loving covenant relationship. Right. And um, there definitely have been those sacrifices. Um, I was even telling you earlier as well like I was praying for a lot of people this weekend you know I have to sacrifice my time you have to sacrifice yourself like being selfless you know and God being like I want you to pray for that person you're sacrificing everything you know even your life like whatever it takes um and and God honors that well, Nisus, it was a real pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to tell us all about the amazing ministry that you're involved in. Oh, thank you so much. It's been really nice to be with you, Megan. You've been listening to The Profile in association with Premier Christianity magazine.